Welcome to the Teen Life Coach Podcast. I'm Coach Sammy, and I am so glad you are here. The teen years can be fun and exciting, but also filled with self-doubt, insecurities, and lots of frustration. I am here to help you along your teen journey and make sure you enjoy your teen years as much as possible. Let's get started. Hey, everyone. Welcome to the podcast this week. I have Brianne Smedley. She's going to be our guest today, and she is a performance coach for elite athletes. Did I say that right? <laughs> yeah. Or, you know, any athletes, not just elite, but okay. yeah, yeah, elite performance coach for, for female athletes. So I invited her here today to come on, on my podcast for you guys and just talk to you. Some of you are athletes and I know some of you struggle with being confident when it comes to your sport. And so I thought she would be a really great addition and I just wanted wanted her here to talk about how to be a confident athlete. She's got a lot of really great knowledge and wisdom to share with us today. So Brianne, why don't you go ahead and introduce yourself? I actually want to hear your story and how you got into doing what you are doing. Yeah, I'm excited to be here. And for sure, my story actually goes, you know, all the way back to middle school, high school, right? Exactly where you all are right now that are listening. And, you know, I, I played a lot of competitive sports, but volleyball was kind of my, my main sport that I really liked and, um, started getting, you know, pretty good towards like the end of my high school career. I was getting noticed by college coaches and, um, was getting a lot of interest at playing at the next level. And so from the outside, I kind of like had it all figured out, right. I was a competitive athlete. I was, you know, one of the the star players on my team, I was being recruited to go play in college, but on the inside, it was a much different story. I was struggling a lot with confidence. I was struggling with, you know, feeling like I was good enough, feeling like I was always letting everyone around me down, feeling like I had the pressure of, you know, the whole team on my back because I had to perform and, and be good. And I struggled with beating myself up after I would make a mistake, you know, after the game was over, all I could think about was like all the things I did wrong. And I would just like, you know, go in circles thinking about what I should have done differently, but not in like a productive way, like in a, you know, just kind of beating myself up. And so all of this was kind of going on under the surface. And so by the time I was, you know, getting into that point where I had to make a decision to play in college or not, I was like, you know what? I just don't want to do this anymore. Like this is too much. I don't want to feel like this anymore. And so I turned down all my offers and I just said, I'm going to go to college and just be a student. Like, I don't want volleyball to be a part of it. I don't want this pressure anymore. I don't want to feel it. And so that's what I did. I, you know, pretty much disappointed everybody in my eyes, but I, and at that time thought it was better to disappoint them then than go off and play and not be as good as they thought I was going to be in, in all of this. And so, you know, I go to college and just being a student, However, the, the, the problem that actually turned out to not be a problem, but was that the team that played, um, for, for this college, it was a division two college in, in Washington. They were nationally ranked. I went to every single volleyball game that fall. They made it to the national championship and, and got second place. Like it was, they're just this phenomenal team. And I just followed them the whole season. And I was like, oh my gosh, I miss it so bad. I wish I could be a part of this. And so somewhere I found this confidence <laughs> to 
reached out to the coach after they came back and I was like, Hey, I told her my story. And I was like, I just wondering, like, you know, is there any, any chance for me to show you what I've got basically? And she said, yes, she was like, sure, let's have you come and try out with the team, which is kind of unheard of. Like there's not tryouts in college really. So she had me practice with the team, um, you know, that January and she offered me a walk-on spot, um, to, to be a part of that team. So a walk-on is a non-scholarship athlete. Like you are part of the team, you do everything with the team, but you get no money for any of that. And I was like, okay, whatever. I, I don't care. I'm just happy to be part of it. And as it turns out, this team and this coaching staff was just phenomenal. Like there was a sports psychologist that we got to work with. Um, you know, the coach herself was very in tune with like, helping us with these very normal parts of being an athlete, like dealing with pressure and nerves and like teammate dynamics, all these things. So I got to learn a different side of like how I can navigate and handle all of these very normal things. And so by the time I was a senior, I was having a much different relationship with volleyball. I was a full ride scholarship athlete. Um, You know, I had really like put in the work and also my mental game was different and, um, you know, I just, I loved volleyball. I, it was just a completely different experience. And so when I graduated, I became a teacher right away and started coaching right away and, you know, realized quickly that as I was coaching my girls in, on my volleyball teams that like I could coach volleyball skills, but they were dealing with the same thing that I was dealing with. Like they would beat themselves up after mistakes. They were super overly anxious before games. And I was like, uh, <laughs> I don't, I went through all of that. I don't really know how to teach it. So I went and got a certification to be a mindset coach for athletes. And then, you know, kind of long story short, we built a business around helping athletes in this area, giving them the tools that they need to be confident and handle, like I said, just the very normal things that come with being an athlete. So that's where we are now. I do this full time while also still coaching a high school volleyball team. And it's just awesome. (laughs) So I have to tell you a funny story. Um, I was sitting on the sidelines of one of my daughter's soccer games last weekend. And one of my daughter's teammates, moms was sitting next to me and telling another mom, like how her high school daughter who played soccer also was just like, felt like she needed to quit and was having so much anxiety about the game. And like, I really have a hard time not being that kind of like creepy person, but I'm like, Hey, I have this podcast guest that's coming on. Oh yeah. (laughs) and I'm going to have a podcast for you. And I really want you to listen to this podcast. And so, um, I'm just like, I think this episode is going to help so many, even just like moms or parents who are listening to be able to help their teens. But I also think it's going to help so many teens who are in the position where they are playing sports and they are just like having so much anxiety or so much like pressure on themselves where they feel like their only option is to just quit. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. And that's why I want to kind of normalize that feeling of like, you know, that, that feeling of wanting to quit, like it's too much. Cause it is a lot like being an athlete is, it can be a lot. Um, and so for sure, for sure. I think just hear, hearing that, and then I'm excited to get into some of these, you know, into what we're going to talk about, because you're right. Like all athletes at some point in their career are likely going to feel like they want to quit. And, and sometimes that is about like, sometimes the right choice is to stop and do something different. But a lot of times it's because they don't have the tools to be able to navigate the things that are making them want to quit. Yeah. Awesome. So good. Let's, let's dive in today and talk about like how to be a confident athlete. Like, what does that look like? What goes on in your brain when you are a confident athlete? Because I think that's 
the main goal of what every athlete wants is they want to be confident. Am I right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I, well, I, yes. I mean, yes. For me and for all the athletes that I coach, they're like, I play better when I feel confident. Let's talk about how to be a confident athlete. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So first of all, like confidence, the way that, that we in our business uh, describe confidence is trusting yourself. And what that means is that any, you know, any situation, any scenario that you come up against in your sport, you trust yourself that you can get through it. And athletes who are confident, you know, have, have that, that assurance in themselves that, yeah, you know, there's a lot that's um, unpredictable in my sport. There's going to be mistakes. There's going to be, you know, coaches that make decisions that I don't agree with. There's going to be refs that make calls that I don't like. There's going to be teammate dynamics, but my confidence comes from my ability to, to face those things and to get through those things. And, you know, I, that they're not going to define like mistakes aren't going to be the thing that just like derails me and, and I can't deal with anything. So that's kind of like the working definition that we have for what it means to be a confident athlete is that athletes trust themselves. And in order to build that trust in themselves, we say that it comes from three things. We have to have physical training. We've got to have knowledge of the sport and we have to have mental training. And so those are kind of like three, three buckets of, of things that, um, that re- rely on each other to build up that, that idea of this confident athlete. And we think of it like a three-legged stool, you know, like you have to have all three in order for it to, to talk, you know, not topple over. And so when we say physical training, that is, you know, what <laughs> typically athletes don't have a problem with this, right? This is like practice, um, you know, any other physical training workouts that athletes do, like we have to put in the physical work and that leads that competence that comes from that leads to confidence, right? Because if you can do the skill, you mastered skills, like you're going to feel more confident in that area. Um, knowledge of the sport. So knowledge of the sport is like, you know, kind of the, the tactics and that grows as you go in your sport, right? So understanding, you know, if we're playing like a team sport, like where you're supposed to be on defense or kind of, you know, getting into how you can read the other team and what they're doing. Um, so that's the knowledge of the sport. And then mental training, that those are the skills to handle nerves, um, anxiety, pressure, how to come back from mistakes, you know, all of these like mental skills, visualization, meditation, breath work, like all of these things that allow you to be the best athlete that you can be the most confident. And so we actually say it's, it's also like a multiplication problem. We're going to go math here. So they all multiply each other. And so if any one of those things improves, the athlete becomes more confident and more, you know, better performing. So we know like when you put in more reps and you get more physical training, like the knowledge of the sport increases and you become more confident. So your mental training increases, like all of that mental training, when that increases, you have more skills to deal with things. Um, then your, you know, your physical game improves also because you can actually go do the thing that you want to do. And then your knowledge of the game improves because you're playing more. Now, so it's all good there, but what happens in a multiplication problem if any one of those things is at zero? Like the whole the whole thing is at zero, right? So if you multiply anything by zero, then you're never going to be able to get what you want to get. Like the equation will be zero. So if you are, you could be the best athlete in the world, right? You could have all the physical skills. And that was kind of my scenario, right? I was very talented physically, but I did not have the mental skills to deal with what was going on as an athlete. And so- I quit, you know, and that that's where it's like, I can never reach my potential if I quit. Right. And so that's why we also have to make sure that in order to get to that confidence, we've got to have all three of those things and where we see it lacking most is in the mental training. 
Yeah. Right. And I think sometimes that's the hardest part. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's easy to be like, okay, let's get, let's get back in the gym. You know, I mean, it's not always easy athletes. I mean, you got to give yourself credit. You're not always feeling motivated and you still have to go in and put in the work, but you know, it's just the most tangible thing. Yeah. And a lot of times, like when it comes to the mental stuff, like it's, it's not like you have a coach there standing there watching you doing stuff physically, like a coach can't read your mind and a co- <laughs> and a lot of times it's just kind of a mystery and we don't know what's going on until we have somebody be like, oh, hey, here's how you fix this. And sometimes it's hard to find the right person to do that for us. Yeah, no. And coaches like mo- I'll, I'm guilty of this too. Likely athletes, you've had a coach that will say something like, just be confident or like you need to be more mentally tough or relax. And you're like, Okay. Well, if it was that easy, (laughs) (laughs) yeah, I could just do that. That would be like me being like, go hit the slide. And I've never taught this a volleyball, um, term like, but I've never taught you how to do that. Like that would just not be, that wouldn't work out. Right. And so sometimes we just think like, and parents do that too. They're like, just be confident out there. And athletes are like, okay, how do I do that? Yeah. Right. When a lot of the clients I work to, they're like, people just tell me to like, think positive. And Mm -hmm. yeah, we would all think positive (laughs) if it were that easy. Like, why not? (laughs) Right. Yeah, exactly. Telling isn't teaching is what I always say. Like, I wish it were, it would make things a lot easier. (laughs) (laughs) And if only, if only everybody would listen to us when we told them what to do. Right. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So I love that. So the three pillars of what self-confidence is. Okay. So mainly what you focus on is the mindset pillar, right? Mm-hmm. Yes. Okay. So t- tell us a little bit more about the mindset pillar. Yeah. So the mindset pillar, I mean, we, there's a, there's a lot of different ways that we, we go about building that, that really strong mindset. And a lot of it is giving athletes skills, like I said, to deal with the very like common normal things. So We know what, if you're an athlete, if you check the box that you're an athlete, then you also are going to have mistakes happen, right? You're also likely going to have a coach that you don't like at some point in your career. You're going to probably have teammates that are challenging. You are going to be nervous before games or before like big events. Um, You're going to go through playing songs. Um, You're going to think negative thoughts and because that's what our brain does. And so it's like, we know that all of these things come along with being an athlete. And so what we do for, um, you know, training the mind is training how we respond to those things. Yeah. So hold up really quick. Sorry to interrupt you, but I think what you, I think what you just said is really important where you said, we know all of these things come along with being an athlete. And one thing that you listeners, I want you to recognize is you may not know all of those things come along with being an athlete because you might be like, am I the only one that feels this way or what's yeah. wrong with me? But I think what Brianne just said is really important is if you are an athlete, like those are all super normal things and nothing is wrong with you. It just comes with the sport. It comes with the territory. Yes. Okay. So sorry, sorry to interrupt you. (laughs) Yeah, no. And I think that's great because that was part of the reason, part of the thing that I was struggling with was like, I must be the only one that deals with this. So I've got to quit now because everyone else seems to have it figured out when in reality, like no one else has it figured out. Like we're all just trying to, to, to make it, to make it through. And so the athlete that has the tools to deal with these has a competitive advantage. And so first, I guess let's go first into 
um, like mistakes. Okay. I mean, our thoughts are, are so, so important when it comes to our performance and, and just how we, how we show up. And typically after athletes make a mistake, it's something, you know, there's a train of thoughts around like, dang it, why did I do that? I'm, you know, everything from like, I'm so dumb or to like, my coach is going to pull me out. What are my teammates thinking all of these things? And so our thoughts kind of lead us down this, this road and, you know, for good reason, our thoughts are there to protect us. Like, it's just a, it's what our brain does. It's a, you know, we've talked about this before. It's like what our brain does to help us in that situation, even though it ends up not being super helpful. And so when an athlete, you know, makes a mistake in a game or a competition or whatever, and, you know, they're trying to recover and get back into the game, they need to be able to do that within a certain amount of time that the sport requires. So if we're talking volleyball, um, you know, if a mistake happens, you have between 10 to 15 seconds before the next serve is coming at you. And so you got to be able to get back to the present moment, you know, because that's where we perform the best is in the present moment, not thinking about the mistake and beating yourself and not up and not thinking about the future and like, oh my gosh, what's going to happen next. So present moment, neutral thinking is like where athletes perform the best. And so if you, you know, when we get bumped out of that zone, of, of like that, that ideal area, that ideal place. And then it takes you like, you know, a minute to get back into it. You know, so you beat yourself up a little bit and then you're like, okay, you feel better. If it takes you that long, like in volleyball, if we're talking volleyball, like four or five plays have already happened. And now you're not there for it. Like your mind is somewhere else. And so when our mind is somewhere else, that's when you're likely to make another error and another error. And then that's where the spiraling happens. So athletes who are like, I make one error and then I make another and another. And then all of a sudden I just like, can't, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm in my own head is what they say, because they are like, it's just, it's what's happening. Like we are dysregulated. And if it takes you that long to come back, then, you know, you're out, like you're out mentally. Now, if you play a game like golf, you know, maybe you do have a minute that you can use to recover as you're walking to your next shot and that it's okay. It could take you a minute to recover, but if you play a game like basketball, okay, you've, you have to recover like within seconds because you're going, you're getting back on defense or whatever it is. And so we want to be able to teach athletes to be in control of what they're thinking in those moments. And then also to have specific routines that they've practiced ahead of time, that they've visualized ahead of time that they can use in those moments so that they can come back and then be present and ready for the next play. And instead of just kind of spiraling and falling out of, out of, you know, out of how they would normally play. So I don't actually remember what the first question was about that, but (laughs) that is a, um, you know, I just know mistakes are like, you know, one of the number one things that athletes are like, I struggle with this. Like I'm out of it when I, when I make any sort of little error. I'm listening to you and I'm soaking all of it in, like thinking about my own pickleball game. And I'm like, (laughs) oh my gosh, yeah, you're so right. Like you have to recover so quick. And like, when you do make a mistake and then you keep thinking about it, like, yeah, then you hit another ball out and then another ball out. And, um, but no, I love this. I'm like going to take all of it and like transfer it into my life. (laughs) Yeah. And it's very useful. (laughs) Yeah, totally. But like you guys, even if you're not an athlete, this Mm -hmm. still, this still applies to like real life and just making mistakes in real life. And that's, that's why I love this work is because it like transfers over to, over to everything. We only have like so much of a recovery period in sports because it's like so intensified. And so 
teaching that mental toughness over and over and over again, I just think, yeah, it will totally give you, I totally 100% agree with you, giving you the competitive advantage because your Mm -hmm. mind is stronger. I love that. Okay. So one thing you mentioned was a strategy for like recovering quickly. Is that individually based for like each athlete or are there certain things that you teach each athlete how to recover quickly from a mistake or how, how does that work? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a great question. So it is individual in, in a certain way, but we kind of have a, a framework that, that we work, that we work with to help athletes identify what theirs is. So we call it the snapback routine and there's a process to kind of figure out like, okay, how, how are we going to make this really customized to you? But it consists of three things, a breath. So just a, a nice deep breath after that mistake happens, because you know, that helps kind of calm the nervous system down and kind of just like, it gives you that pause, you know, the Um, that space between when some, the stimulus and the response is like the pause. And so it just allows for that. So deep breath, a reset word, and then a gesture. So an an appropriate gesture. So um, the, the reset word is something that athletes identify early on in our program. So they go through a process of recalling like their best playing moments. And when they really felt like they were in the zone playing, and then they come up with a word that really embodies that and how they want to play. So some athletes reset words are anything from like, calm to fierce, um, unstoppable, intense, fun. Like it's just kind of the, the word that they want to show up as when they're playing their best. And so it's just kind of like a reminder. And then on the exhale, the gesture is something simple that just is kind of like tactically brings them back. So it's like, you know, touching their thumb and their, their, uh, middle finger together, just like that, or snapping or like a brush off or, it could also be something that they do. Like if we're, if, you know, they're on a court, they, again, it, it depends on the sport you play. So you have to be able to know like how fast you have to do this. Um, but some athletes like will walk to the sideline and put their foot on the sideline and then come back, to, you know, I'm talking mostly volleyball back into serve receive. Um, and that gesture or whatever that thing is, it needs to be fast and it needs to travel with you. So you can't be like, okay, well in this gym, you know, in my home gym, I, I do my breath, I say my reset word. And then I look at the logo on the, the wall. Like, obviously when you're not in your home gym, that logo is not going to be there. So it has to be something that you can do in any, any situation. It's like a grounding technique where it you're ground grounding yourself. Yeah. And it has to be practiced though. Like that's the thing that, you know, we also tell athletes in, and they do is that you can't just say this and then like in a big pressure situation, you know, you make a, a big mistake that happens and then you're like, oh, okay, uh, breath, reset, we're to like, it's probably not going to work, right? You have to practice it in those smaller moments. We also have athletes scenario plan, like where are common situations where they get thrown off their game because maybe, you know, mistakes are kind of all different. It's like, you know, you, you make a, a mistake early on in the game and you're able to kind of recover fast. But then like when it's game point or when a ref makes a certain call that really always like just ticks you off, that's when then you get thrown out of that zone where you're, you know, normally playing your best. And so we have athletes kind of pre-plan for those things and write out like what they want their response to be. Then we visualize themselves doing the mistake ritual or the snapback routine. And then we used to call it mistake ritual. <laughs> but, um, and then we have them do it in practice too, like water breaks, you know, when you make those small errors so that you're kind of building your capacity and you're training your brain, just like you train your muscles to respond in those situations. Yeah. And those situations are like so intense. It's so hard not <laughs> 
not yeah. get like carried away in the emotion of the situation, especially when it's something that was just totally uncalled for or you're not prepared for like, and it's completely mm-hmm. out of your control when it is a ref making a call right. or another player doing something. But yeah, it's the mental, the mental toughness of professional athletes has to be amazing. I'm going to look at athletes differently now because because of this episode. It's so, so cool. Such good information and so many amazing, wonderful tools that you're, you're sharing with us. Okay. We kind of talked about like how to come back from mistakes, the snapback routine. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I really, I really love that term. Snap back fast. Yeah. Snap back fast. Very cool. Okay. So I know there's a couple other things you mentioned, like drama when it comes to teammates and like handling the pressure of your sport, which is one of the things that you kind of um, struggled with. Let's talk about handling the pressure of your sport. And I don't know if that goes along with like handling the pressure of the expectations that everybody has for you too. Or what do you kind of mean by that? Yeah, it can mean a lot of different things. You bring up like a good point about the expectations from other people. So when we hear, you know, the pressures of the sport, there's kind of some different buckets that, that we talk about. So the first is like the expectations that we feel athletes feel other people are putting on them. So whether that's like parents, teammates, coaches, community, like it can kind of go all, you know, all of that. And again, this is, it's real and also imagined in some ways, because sometimes it's like, yeah, my mom is telling me or my dad or whatever, my parent is telling me I need to score 50 points in this game in order, you know, for whatever, I'm not sure what, but you know, like you need to do that in order to be considered a good athlete. Or it's just like, think my parents might, you know, have high expectations for me. And then I'm translating that into like, you know, I need to be the highest scorer or like my coach is, you know, telling me I'm the best player on the team or whatever. My stats say that. So I need to, you know, maintain that. So it's kind of like, sometimes we internalize these things as like, this is what we think other people are, are putting on us when maybe that's actually not true. Um, yeah. So, so many times it's our own perceived pressure mm-hmm. of pressure. That's not even there. Or, or sometimes it's our own pressure that we're putting on ourselves, That it's really easy to blame it on other people when we're like, Oh no, this is my own pressure. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So kind of like untangling that and being like, okay, you know, what, what actually is expected of, of me. And, you know, sometimes, you know, the higher level athletes, it's like, yeah, we are, we're trying, I coach a high school volleyball team. And so I know like what, what our end goal is always wanting to be like, we, we really are striving to win state every year and, you know, be the top of our league every year. Those are the kind of the outcome things. But even I know as a coach, right. That those outcomes are actually a lot out of our control and we actually can't control wins and losses. I know that sounds like what, you know, like you should be able to control wins and losses. No, we can't actually control the outcome of a game. We can't, there's so many other factors. There's the other team, there's refs, like there's, there's a lot. There's the, the actual, like what happens in a game, but what we can control is what we show up with, with our attitude, with our work ethic, with these standards of behavior of how we treat each other, how we talk to ourselves. We know that those positively influence the outcome. And so when, when we're dealing with like pressure and expectations, one thing, first of all, it's kind of untangle, like, okay, what am I putting on myself? What are other people putting on me? Do I actually need to hold on to this? We can let some of this go. Um, and then also kind of getting back to like, what is in my control? I can't control if we win or not, but I can control showing up with hundred percent effort, doing my job. In fact, I'm really good at that. I do that every single day in practice and I can do that. And then that puts 
gives a lot more confidence to athletes because they're like, oh, I do that every day. Like, and the score will take care of itself. And so that can kind of help with some of that, that pressure because it's like, all right, I actually don't need to be anything other than what I am, you know, like I, I can't. So I'm just going to go and do my job and give hundred percent effort and be like a phenomenal teammate. And I'm going to trust that the score will take care of itself. And that part's out of my control. Yeah. I love that because my, um, one of my daughters, she plays defense on soccer and yeah. she well, she literally feels like whenever a goal is scored, it's her fault. And when they lose a game, it is totally her fault. And so I'm going to use that. I'm going to be like, you can't control whether you, whether you guys win or lose, but like just thinking that, like how much pressure does that take off of an athlete and allow them to actually play the game the best way that they know how I love that. Yeah, it is good. And on the other flip side of it though, is that, you know, something I tell my athletes a lot is that pressure is a privilege too, you know? So when we get into these, these times where it's like, we're playing big games and, um, you know, we're getting further and further into the postseason, it's like, Hey, like we've earned this, like we've actually earned this feeling of like, Ooh, there's some pressure here. Like this game kind of matters now. Like, and so, you know, part of it is also owning some of that pressure. So it kind of depends on like where you are because it does get to be too much where it tips over to the, like, okay, now I can't even perform because I'm so worried about like the expectations of whatever I should be doing. But then also there's, you know, a part of it that's like, Hey, the pressure is here. This is awesome. Like we've earned this. Not every team gets this. And, you know, not every person is in this situation where we're playing for a state title or, you know, and so I know that's kind of an extreme example, but we just, we just won state last week. And so I'm like, kind of on this pressure thing. Yeah. Cause I'm like, yeah, there is a lot of pressure with this. Let's, let's own it. Like you guys have worked your butts off this whole season to get to this point. And so own that, own some of that. Like, this is a privilege to be here. That's so good at flipping that and seeing it as a privilege. So such a good way to redirect it into, uh, I hate the word positive. Yeah. <laughs> Sometimes. Productive. <laughs> yeah. Productive. That's yeah. right. Something that actually serves you. I don't know. I just, sometimes the word positive when I'm coaching and stuff, I'm not the right word, but yeah, yeah. redirecting it in a way that just like, is actually helpful instead of what's the word non-productive or like hindering. Yeah. Yeah. Hindering. Like it kind of, it holds you back for sure. Yeah. yeah. Oh my gosh. This is such good information. I'm like, <laughs> I'm, I'm going to take all this and use it. <laughs> You're going to be like the next pickleball champ in your, in your community. <laughs> yeah. You're like paper, Sammy. <laughs> You're like, it's all my mental game. My mental well, game. I, I did. I did get uh, an email the other day. It was like amateur 25 K pickleball tournament open to the public. And I was like, Oh, <laughs> that's, that's oh, me. Yeah. I'm going to have the mental competitive edge. <laughs> this is sure. such, That's great information, but just even to help my kids who are playing too. Mm-hmm. So great. Okay. So then, the, then the other thing that we have left to talk about is drama with teammates. Tell us how we can handle that. And I don't know if this goes along with it or not, but like when I'm playing pickleball, I I play doubles, but um, just like even looking at my teammate after I've made a mistake and like seeing their facial expressions or their body language, or (laughs) I don't know if that's considered drama, but just really, you know, when it comes to dealing with, with the teammates around you. Yeah, this is so common. So 
you know, that's kind of another one of those things. If you're an athlete at some point in your career, like if you play long enough, you're going to have a teammate that you just like don't gel with, you know, and you might be on a team that is more drama prone than others. And that can come from a lot of different reasons. Like it's very, you know, it's very like individual to each team, like what the drama is about. Like, you know, if it's somebody's, they're jealous talking behind other people's backs. And, but we, what we do know is typically what it, that comes down to is that the insecurities of some of the teammates are, are coming out. So they're always kind of working from this place of like, they're feeling insecure in some way, some threat threatened in some way. And then that is how they are responding. And that can just like cause drama on drama. But let's talk first about just like negative teammates, kind of what you were saying, like, if you notice your teammate is like showing negative body language, or you think that they're kind of like ticked about a mistake that you made, and maybe they're just like, not, they're just negative. <laughs> you know, we have, we have teammates, we have people who are like that. And so what we tell, what I tell athletes, and I'll tell you now is that what is in your control and you cannot control or change other people. And I know maybe I sound like a broken record, like for saying that I say that all the time for my athletes, but it's like, we so want to control how somebody else responds. And like, uh, if only, you know, if only Sally was more positive, then our team would be better. And, you know, it's kind of always putting it on like one person or like, she's just so negative and she just does this and that when like, we can't actually can't control what Sally does. Okay. If there are behavioral standards on your team and the coach is responsible for implementing, like for holding Sally accountable to that. But like, you can't control who she is, what she does, what's going on in her life. That's causing her to be how she is or how she just responds to things. All you can do is control yourself and be the teammate that you want. And so I tell athletes, like get the focus back on you instead of other people. And then also like, let's, you know, I even have athletes do an activity where it's like, write down the top five qualities of like a good teammate and whatever that, whatever a good teammate means to you, it might mean something totally different to your other teammates that you play with. Okay. So what are the, what are, what are those things? Like you encourage other people and be specific. Like you give high fives, um, you get to know people, you talk to them, you include them in like what you're doing, whatever that is. You don't talk behind other people's backs, like top five things. And now go do that. Be that teammate, be that person. And that it, it makes a huge difference because now that's in my control. I'm not worried as much now about trying to control other people. I'm going to be that teammate. And then you'll be surprised at like, when you do that, how other people respond. And on any given team, there's kind of like a makeup of how, you know, and I've been coaching for 12 years. And this is, this holds true for all of my teams that there's kind of like a, a top 20% a bottom 20%. And then there's this middle like 80. And what I mean by that is like the top 20 are the people who on a team who are just like totally bought in, like they're, you know, kind of like these no bad days people, they'll, they'll always give 100% effort. Like they're, they're for it. Like they're great teammates. Then there's this bottom 20% who are just, they kind of can suck the life out of you if you focus on them. You know, they just, for whatever reason are, are negative. They like to cause drama and it's like, ugh you know, you kind of have empathy for them because it's like they're, they're responding out of like some sort of hurt or something, but like they're there. It's usually only like one or two people on a team. Okay. And then there's this middle, like 80% that kind of can be like influenced either way. They're like, Oh yeah, it's fun when we're winning. Oh, when we're losing. Okay. And so, but what we do is we focus on those one to two people, right. That are pulling the team down. And we're like, ah, gosh, then that when it's like, Oh my gosh, we have like, you know, these 10 other people who are you know, either just totally bought in or like 
you know, they're, they're just waiting for a leader to be like, Hey, come follow me. And so athletes, I challenge you to be that leader, be that teammate, you know, keep showing compassion to those negative teammates, but like, don't put your energy there. Like, don't let them take your power. Don't let them decide how you feel about yourself. Don't let them to determine how confident you feel like you're in charge of that. And like, don't give it to them. And so that's kind of how we try and shift athletes mindsets around that is like, you actually have some power in here. You decide how you show up and then you can step up and be a leader to kind of influence those people who are just kind of waiting for, for someone to be like, Hey, follow me. So, and if you don't, they're going to follow the negativity because that's just the easiest. I'm just like blown away by all the good things that you've said today. And I agree with everything you've said today. And I think that, um, this is going to be such a great episode for the athletes that are listening. Yeah. So if the teens want to work with you, where do we find you? Where do we go? Tell us, tell us all the things. Yeah. So I'm on Instagram at elite competitor coach. So that is where, where you can find me a lot of, a lot of our content that we put on, um, like on social is, is geared towards moms helping their athlete daughters, but athletes follow along too, because you know, there's great content on there that can apply to you. And then you go to trainhergame.com. We have a free training for sports moms. So athletes, if you're listening, like get your, get your mom or your, or your dad to, um, to go to that trainhergame.com. And it teaches the framework that we use to help athletes develop this confident mindset. So we talk about kind of, you know, the common things that athletes are, are experiencing and we teach our method around how you can equip your athlete with these skills to navigate these very normal experiences. So that's at trainhergame.com. Okay. Awesome. And congratulations on winning state. Thank you. Why didn't you start with that? Like I'm a, <laughs> I'm a state coach, state winner <laughs> coach. <laughs> yeah, it was, it was a pretty wild ride. We, we actually won state last year too. And so it was very, Last year was like, oh my gosh, it was the big celebration, you know, like we haven't done this in 21 years in this program. And, you know, a lot of it, I started implementing mental training with my team five years ago. And so we were, they were just kind of building that foundation, building that foundation. And my gosh, it was very instrumental in how we showed up and were able to go that far when, I mean, there's a whole story there, but, and then this year it was like, you know, it's one thing to get to the top and it's another thing to stay at the top. Like it's a much different beast. And so we for sure needed that, like that mental strength because we had the target on our back, like the entire season, it was like adversity after adversity. And so to be able to, to win out like that was, was pretty cool. That's awesome. And just like, goes to show like this stuff really does give you the competitive edge, which I 100% believe in mental training and, you know, just understanding your brain because it helps you whatever you're doing in life, it just, it makes it so much easier. Yes. Yeah, exactly. Right. It lets your physical training, like actually pay off, you know, you're already putting yeah. in so much work, you know, physically to like get as good as you want to be. And then when your brain just like gets in the way of that, you're like, ah. so being able to like get it on the same page as your, your physical training is, is really good. Yeah. Amazing. Yeah. Thank you so much for being here. Really appreciate it. You're awesome. Oh, thank you. I had so much fun and I hope this is helpful for athletes and any parents listening. So thanks for having me on. Hey guys, do you want more? If you are ready to work with me in one of my coaching programs for teens, check out my website, knowingup.com. That's K-N-O-W-I-N-G-U-P.com. Whatever you are struggling with, whether big or small, 
I can help. We learn so much more in my programs than what is offered here on the podcast. Come join me, you guys. See you soon.